next door brother Three weekend rows of town By turning the whole place upside down Many awake will cause such a fuss It finally wakes the rest of us One man awakes with dawn in his eyes Surely then it multiplies Welcome this morning. It's so good to have you online with us. Uh, right now we are streaming from my lounge room uh, and we are streaming right into your lounge room and I, I think that's so cool that uh, even though we aren't able to gather together right now, we're still able to connect and uh, join together and uh, I don't know where you are right now. You might be sitting down on your couch uh, with the TV on or you may be still in bed uh, with your pajamas on and that's cool as well. But wherever you are, whatever you're doing, uh, welcome, it's so good to have you on this morning. And maybe you're joining with us for the first time this morning, maybe you've never uh, been along to one of our services and you've decided to take the time this morning to join us. Uh, we're so glad that you've done that this morning and, and we really hope that you um, stick around uh, to, for the message and just hang around with us. Uh, it's so good to have you joining us. Uh, and uh, we know that this uh, situation, what's happening right around the world right now is, is impacting uh, us all so differently and, and for some it's uh, it's having a massive impact on our lives. Uh, for some it's just a, a mere disruption. Uh, for some they're having to work from home and uh, there's some difficulties with that and then, then for others you're still heading out working and you're part of the essential, um, essential services. We're just so grateful for all that you're doing in this season and just know that I'm praying for you um, and we're just uh, you know believing uh, that you'll be safe, kept safe in this time, and we're just praying um, God's blessing and favor on you uh, during this time. Now, this morning, I just want to share a short thought with you about the idea of freedom. Now, who knows that um, during this time of lockdown, um, that our freedoms have actually been really limited. That a lot of our freedoms have actually been disrupted. We're, we've been told to, to stay in our homes, um, not venture out, um, a lot of the things that we used to be able to go and do whenever we wanted, uh, we're not able to do at this time. And, and uh, I think this is, that's a really good thing so that we can, we can actually battle this invisible enemy that we have uh, right now collectively as, as, um, as the whole world right now is, is doing this. But in a uh, secular Western society that we live in, um, the, the idea of freedom is actually... Um, is this idea of options. It's best described, best described as options, that, that uh, we are free to go wherever we, we want, do whatever we want, whenever we want, with whoever we want. Um, you know, we have so many options around where we, where we could eat, uh, options around where we can go, where we can travel. Um, especially in New Zealand, we are, we are just overwhelmed with options. We have so many options. We, we live in a very, very free society. And uh, the unfortunate reality is, though, with that, is that we are so overwhelmed with options that it is actually creates um, anxiety. People are starting to have choice anxiety and, and are feeling overwhelmed, not, not knowing what to choose. We're, we're overwhelmed um, with options. And so I would like to suggest that, um, that with this, we, we need to learn how to manage our freedom. We, we have so much freedom that we need to learn how to manage our freedom. And I would like to suggest that uh, actually how we manage our external freedom, so all of the things that we get to do around us, um, how we manage our external freedom is actually a really good indicator of how we're managing or, or how we are experiencing an internal freedom. 
right now across the world we're seeing these these freedoms um these external freedoms being limited and, and shut down and disrupted it's it's like the whole world has just hit the big red stop button and and we're we're about to go through a, a big reset i believe as a not only as a country but globally we're going through a big reset and it's like the whole world has just come to a stop and i believe that's actually a great opportunity for us as as the church as believers um, because this is actually the time for the church to shine brightest. Uh, who knows that when when the when there is um, uh, when that hope actually shines brightest uh, in the in the atmosphere of hopelessness. That hope shines brightest in the atmosphere of hopelessness. And, and the writer of Hebrews uh, said this. He said, "But we are certainly not those who are held back by fear and perish. We are among those who have faith and experience true life." And I just think this is a great opportunity uh, for the church to demonstrate that that our lives are actually not controlled and dictated by external circumstances, by external freedoms, but actually we have an inner freedom that Christ has paid for uh, uh, that actually is far greater, far more worthwhile and far more life-giving than external circumstances and, and what the external freedom can actually offer us. So you see, often when we think about the idea of freedom or do we describe freedom, we would describe it as what we are free from, the things that we are free from. And, and depending on your life experiences and, and, and you know what's happened in your world, uh, you, you might describe freedom as not just freedom from uh, or being free from being controlled by external circumstances. It's actually when we've moved from freedom being just free from something, but actually being free towards something. It's, it, uh, if I could use this as an example, the idea of financial freedom. Um, if I was to ask you this morning, what would financial freedom look like in, in your world? What would it look like in your life? Um, you might describe it as something like being free from debt and free from the, the financial burdens of society. And uh, I mean, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? I mean, who doesn't, who doesn't want that? Um, but uh, actually, a Jesus perspective on financial freedom would actually be to describe it like this, that, that I am free now to be outrageously generous on every occasion. See, it's not just to be free from something, but to actually be free towards something. You see, our freedom actually needs to be connected to a purpose. Otherwise, it's pointless. Our freedom needs to be connected to a purpose. Robert Capone says that um, you are now completely and utterly free. But now that you're free, what will you do with your freedom? Now that you are free, what will you do with your freedom? In Galatians 5, um, the writer of Galatians, Paul, he, he says this, Let me be clear, Jesus has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. You see, I believe that we are in danger of going back to the bondage of our past uh, when our freedom is not connected to a purpose. We're in danger of going back into the bondage of our past when our freedom is not connected to a purpose. And I would like to suggest that actually many, um, many believers, many followers of Jesus actually don't experience true freedom because freedom, for, uh, is, because freedom is usually defined as what we're free from and, we, and we're only maybe um, getting half of the story, only half of the revelation about what freedom is. 
See, this type of freedom that Jesus paid for is, is a freedom that is not just freedom from the enslavement of sin, guilt, and shame, but it's a freedom that's connected to a purpose and a destiny. It's freedom that's connected to a promise. See, there's a story in Scripture that I'm sure many of you probably uh, would have heard of, um, and, and if you haven't, you can find it in the book of Exodus. We don't have time to read it this morning, but the story about the Israelites being freed out of slavery in Egypt and being brought into um, the promised land. And this, uh, the Israelites, they were uh, for 400 years in systemic slavery. They, they, they were in multi-generational slavery. And what, that hap what happened is that they actually uh, inevitably had a slavery mindset. They, they thought and acted like slaves, uh, and that's just all they knew. That's all they knew, and so that's how they thought. And, and God wanted to deliver them. He wanted to bring them out of slavery and bring them into a, a, a promised land, uh, a, a place that was uh, full of abundance and, and freedom uh, for his people. And so God actually raised up a guy called Moses, and he raised him up in a palace. He actually needed someone who had a different mindset, a royal mindset, a prince mindset to actually bring his people out of slavery. He needed someone that had a, had a, a bigger perspective of what could be for his people. And uh, the Israelites, they were set free from slavery. You can read the story in Exodus. I don't have time to go into it this morning. But they were set free from slavery and, and brought into uh, what was described as the wilderness or, or the desert. And uh, because they were heading towards the promised land. So they, they brought, brought into the wilderness. And, and what happened at that time is that they, they had a lot of miraculous things happen. Um, and God was providing for them in that time. But all of the miracles were done to them. Now I want you to listen to that and, and just hold on to that piece of information. All the miracles were done to them. And, and in a very real sense, um, the, the way I would describe it is that they were actually living on God's welfare system. During this time, they were living on God's welfare system. Every day there was food uh, provided for them. They were led by a pillar of fire and a cloud. Uh, everything was provided for them in this season. Uh, but that's not where God ultimately wanted to get them across the Jordan River and, and into the promised land. Um, but there was actually a lot of stuff that they had to do to still get to the promised land. Uh, but And all of the things that they did during that time were actually miracles done through them. Miracles done through them. And so it was like God brought them out of uh, his welfare system. When they crossed the Jordan, they no longer had the daily manna. They had to uh, provide for their own food. They, they didn't have the pillar of fire anymore or the cloud leading them. They actually had to, actually had to take responsibility for possessing the promise. And, and so I want to suggest this this morning, that between, between slavery and the promise is actually the place of personal responsibility. The place of personal responsibility. See, ultimately God wants to set us free from the enslavement of sin and shame and guilt so that we can be restored back to our original identity and purpose. See, in Christ you have been recreated and restored to your original identity as your, your, and your original dignity and vocation as God's royal representatives and, in the world and creation's wise overseers. Let me give you this example. We're coming into Easter. Next, next weekend is Easter. And um, we celebrate on Friday, on Good Friday, and we celebrate on, on Easter Sunday. And there's two, two parts of that. We celebrate the death and we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Now, the death of Jesus represents uh, the, the forgiveness of sins. It's, the, it's where, we, where we are set free. We are set free from the enslavement of sin, the shame, and the guilt that was attached to that. And we are set free from 
that, but who knows that the story doesn't end there? Who knows that it, that it's not just about the Good Friday, but actually Sunday is still coming. It, the story doesn't just end there, focusing on freedom from something. We're only getting half of the story. It's like the Israelites being brought out of Egypt and God just leaving them in the desert and saying, well, you're free now. Wander around aimlessly. And we know that because of their slave mindset, they did wander aimlessly for 40 years. They ended up wandering aimlessly for 40 years because, because they were just brought out of Egypt. Uh, um, but who knows that God doesn't want to just bring us out of slavery to wander aimlessly. Friends, he hasn't set you free for you to wander aimlessly through your life. But he has set you free for a purpose. He has set you free for destiny. There is a promise on your life. And, and freedom is not just the end of the story. Freedom is a means to the end. And the end is a promise. And the end is, is purpose and destiny uh, in your life. See, God doesn't want to just do miracles to you. He wants to do miracles through you. He's looking for a people who will partner with him to bring the kingdom of heaven into the earth, to partner with him to, to restore all things back to their original identity and purpose. Come on, friends, this is what God is up to right now in our world. Come on, there may be a, a plague right now, but God is at work. When he didn't cause this play, he didn't, he didn't start this thing, but he will, he will use this for his good. Don't you, you, you just watch. God is going to enter into this broken story, and he's going to partner with people who will say, yes, uh, there's more on my life than just wandering aimlessly. And he's going to partner with these people to bring about hope and redemption and restoration. And, and friends, I want to be part of that. I don't know about you. Do you want to be part of that? Like, I want, I want to be part of that story. I want to be part of that story. You know, I, I have um, four kids, and we're, we're about to have our fifth kid, actually, and, and any day now. Um, uh, who knows? But, uh, by the time you watch this video right now, we could have had our fifth kid. But I've got four kids, and, um, and I don't know about you, but right now, while we're in lockdown, our, our house is often just a bombsite. You know, the toys are everywhere. Our kids love Lego. We've got Lego everywhere. And, and, um, and I want you to imagine for a moment that, you know, it's time for the kids' bed. And, and I'm just like, all right, kids, you've you got to head off to bed now. But I just want you to pick up all the Lego on the floor. I just want you to clean that up, and then, it, then it's off to bed. Um, I don't know about you, uh, you and your household, but in, in our family, all our kids jump up and go, yes, Dad, let's clean up. And, and they just love it. Uh, no, I'm, I'm joking. It's nothing like that. <laughs> But imagine for a moment, just imagine for a moment that, uh, that one of them says to me, hey, Dad, um, sure, I'll, I'll do that, but do you want to help me? Do you want to help me pick up the Lego? Now, I've got two options. As a dad, I've got two options. I, I, could, I could say, you know what? No, I'm not going to help. You've got five minutes to pick up that Lego right now or there's going to be trouble. Or, or I could say, yep, yeah, I'll get down and help you. Let's, let's do this together. Now, how we experience freedom actually determines on how we see God uh, in this story. See, I want you to imagine for a moment that, that, uh, that God is, is the Father in the story, that, that, that I'm representing God in the story. And, and, and who knows that, that um, how, depending on my response as a father to the children, will de determine on how they experience um, the situation. Now, if I was to just say, you know what, you need to clean this up in five minutes or there'll be trouble, you know, is that they'll probably do it, but they'll do it out of a place of fear, um, of the punishment, they'll do it, uh, there, there won't be any joy around it, and they'll do it out of a place of fear. 
But who knows that if I if I say, you know, that's right, yeah, I'll get down and help you. Um, let me get down uh, into the mess uh, and actually help you clean this mess up. Let's do it together. Who knows that they will experience a sense of joy and, and a sense of freedom in cleaning up that mess. And I, I, I think how we experience freedom or how we understand freedom uh, internally actually is, is governed by actually how we see God in the story. So do you believe that God is a God who, who stands far off and says, you know what, you need to clean up your mess. You need to clean up your mess or there's going to be trouble. Or, or do you believe that he is the God that gets down into our brokenness, the God who gets down into our mess and he works with us to clean up. He, he works with us to actually bring transformation into our lives. Come on, friends, you've you got to understand that that, that God is the God that comes in to our broken story. And right now across the world, uh, is, is, there is this broken humanity and, and this, this uh, virus that's spreading across the world is just, uh, just a demonstration of our brokenness. Come on, who knows that, that we thought we had it all together. We thought we had it all under control. But it just took one little virus, this this. Uh, an invisible enemy and the whole world systems have come, come crashing down. Come on, friends, this is the opportunity for us to actually invite God into our broken story. To say, God, would you come and actually help? Would you come and help clean up our mess? And, and friends, I want to tell you that that is who God is. He is the God who comes into our broken story. He is the incarnate God. On the birth of Jesus is the, the, the perfect picture of that, that he comes into our broken story, not to shame humanity or bring guilt onto humanity, but actually to redeem and restore humanity. That is what God is up to right now across this world. Now, I, I want to encourage you this morning with this final thought. Now, if you're willing to partner with God in this season, I, I believe that you can step into a new place of freedom through this lockdown. But, but the choice is actually ours. Are we going to invite God into our story? Are we going to invite him into our brokenness, invite him into our mess? See, while lockdown, lockdown is disarming the world's definition of freedom, right around us, the definition of freedom has been shut down. I believe that we can actually discover the true freedom in Jesus in this season. Not through separ separation and isolation, but because we can become more aware of his presence in this season. But between slavery and freedom is always the place of personal responsibility. Do we want God to just fix our mess from the outside? Or are we actually going to invite God into our story? Are we going to take responsibility and say, you know what, God, this, this is a mess. Maybe you're saying, man, my own life is a mess. God, would you come, would you come and partner with me and help fix this mess? I want to finish with a quote by one of my favorite authors, uh, A.W. Tozer. He says this, There is not... On earth, a lonely spot where a Christian cannot live and be spiritually victorious if God sends him there. He carries it for me. No one can keep me from doing it except me. 
Friends, now that you are truly and completely free, what will you do with your freedom? Don't use it to wander aimlessly through life and use it for your own self-indulgence, but, but let's find freedom that's connected to a purpose and use it to benefit those around us. Lord, I encourage you this morning. You are truly and completely free. But between the place of enslavement to our, the promise over your life is the place of personal responsibility. Will you invite God into your story this morning? Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that you're not a father who is distant. You're not disconnected from our story. You're not watching afar off and, 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 and looking upon us with anger or disdain. But Father, you are the God who wants to come right down into our story, right down into our mess. And you want to partner with humanity to, to restore all things back to their original identity and purpose. Father, we thank you that there is a promise and a destiny over every life. And we thank you that, that, that you are just waiting for us to say, God, would you come? Come in, into my story. Would you come and help me in my brokenness? Would you come and help me in my situation? And, and I thank you that you partner with us. You don't, just, you don't just fix us, but you actually partner with us to bring restoration and hope. You actually give us the tools and you empower us by your spirit uh, uh, to be actually to be the answer uh, in our worlds. And, and we thank you that that is the way that you work. You don't, you don't just want people that are living on your welfare system, but God, you want mature sons and daughters who, who, who are powerful and, and understand why they are here and whose they are. We thank you, God, that you are, are working through your children. You don't want to just do miracles to us, but you want to do miracles through us. You want to impact our world through us. And we just thank you for that privilege that we have to partner with you in this season. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.